The Gospel reading for the first Sunday after Christmas comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 33 through 40. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from the time she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This morning's gospel reading are the words and actions immediately following Simeon singing the Nunc Dimittis. The forty-day-old Jesus is still in his arms. He speaks of what will happen when Jesus grows up. Simeon is an aged man who had been waiting for this moment for as long as he can remember. This child is the most important thing ever to happen to Israel or the world. Simeon has been waiting. Anna the prophetess is also aged and waiting. She hasn't left the temple since she was widowed. Night and day she was fasting while waiting for this moment to arrive. Now the time has come. Simeon and Anna were actively waiting. Simeon was waiting for Israel's consolation, Anna for Israel's redemption. Consolation and redemption seem to be rather different ideas in English, but their Greek and Hebrew counterparts are rather similar. The Jews of the first century were seeking both from the long-awaited Messiah. The aged Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Consolation is the fulfillment of Isaiah's wondrous words. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Israel was looking for this comfort. They were praying for this comfort. Therefore the rabbis called the Messiah the Consoler and the Comforter. He was to bring in a great era of peace and comfort for Israel. God's people would finally find the peace they were looking for. Anna was waiting for Israel's redemption, the ransoming of Israel captive by the power of sin, the deliverance from the bondage of the devil's power and influence. The Psalms are filled with cries of, Deliver me! When the pilgrims surrounded Jesus on Palm Sunday, their Hosanna was a shout for deliverance. Israel was waiting to be delivered and redeemed. Even today, we are still waiting. Not for consolation or redemption. We already have those in our baptism. We wait for revelation. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. We have all the great blessings that Simeon and Anna longed for. All the promises have been fulfilled. But we still await the time of revelation when we will be able to stand before God and see him face to face, when we will see Israel's consolation and redemption being lived out for all eternity. That will not be revealed until Jesus comes back. Everyone is waiting. Simeon and Anna waited for Jesus' first advent. We wait for Jesus' second advent. And waiting is the hardest part of living. Simeon and Anna felt it. You and I feel it. Waiting is terrible because you don't know when our waiting is over. The wonderful thing about the waiting is that we know that our waiting will be over one day. 
Our goal is to be just as joyous and faithful as Simeon and Anna, faithfully waiting for Jesus. The Jesus who is the falling and rising of many. Your relationship to Jesus determines whether you will fall in unbelief or rise in faith. Jesus is the most divisive person in all of human history. Don't think so? Just tell someone you're a Christian. See the reaction just at the mention of the name. Those who don't believe typically recoil from the mention of his name. Those who do believe typically embrace the ensuing conversation. The difference is faith. Those who don't believe are those who will fall because of him. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, Isaiah says. But this fear works against human nature. Those who don't believe in Jesus cannot fear God properly. They cannot delight in him. They cannot dwell in his glory. They cannot fathom his steadfast love. Not believing in Jesus, they will find themselves falling headlong into the horrors of hell on the last day. Jesus himself says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Salvation is chiefly concerned with faith in Jesus. Without faith, you cannot be saved. Without faith, you will fall like Satan fell. Jesus told his disciples, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Satan, in return, caused Adam and Eve to fall as well. That fallen nature continues to be handed down from one generation to the next because man has children in his own image. That fallen image continues to keep us away from believing in God, sending his Son to us when the fullness of time had come. Fighting against the Holy Spirit who seeks to bring us to faith. Those who believe in Jesus will rise to meet him in the skies on the last day. As not believing in Jesus is the reason for eternal condemnation, believing in Jesus is the reason for eternal salvation. The word Simeon uses here means not only to rise, like you were sitting or lying down and stood up, the word is also resurrection. If you ask those who don't believe in Jesus what their main objection is to him, they will most often answer the resurrection. Easter morning is the hardest thing for our human nature to swallow. But Jesus' resurrection is the cornerstone of the entire Christian faith. Without the resurrection, we don't have the assurance of consolation or redemption. Without the resurrection, we would still be looking forward to God sending his Son into the world. Without the resurrection, Christmas night 2,000 years ago would not have been the fullness of time. We would still be in our sins. But Jesus did rise from the dead. He has more wondrously restored our human nature. He assures you that you are redeemed through his sacrificial death. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. He assures you that you have the consolation of everlasting life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. These promises are yours, but you can only hold on to them through faith. Once again the Jews have things slightly askew. They call the Messiah the Comforter. But Jesus didn't come to bring comfort. He came to bring the Comforter into the world. I will pray to the Father and he shall give you another Comforter, so that he may be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him nor know him. This Comforter, the Holy Spirit, brings us to faith in Jesus because he bears witness to everything that Jesus said and did in his ministry. The Holy Spirit led Simeon to take up the baby Jesus in his arms and sing of the salvation he would bring. The Holy Spirit led Anna to fast and pray continuously for Israel's redemption. The Holy Spirit leads you to believe that you have Jesus' healing, comfort, and saving redemption through your baptism into his death and resurrection. The Holy Spirit will cause you to rise through faith in Jesus so that you may rejoice in his steadfast love forever. Amen. 
Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This has been the weekly Sunday morning sermon from Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. We invite you to come join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. to hear God's Word.